0: Sit the shade. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Drink the drink
1: that I am Good evening. Happy Sunday and welcome to Drink in the Style brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design in St. Louis Park. I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and I'm going to try to kill your early Sunday evening with some booze and conversation. Each week right here on AM 950 and via podcast, Drink in the Style will feature conversations with guests from the world of interior design or architecture or art or some such associated industry while enjoying a cocktail created by our good friend Jordan Morris from Mill Valley Kitchen. Jordan, welcome back to the show.
2: Thank you very much, Greg. And uh, just to let you know, I did bring some backup today. got one of my bartenders with me, Amelia. She's going to help make sure I do this right.
1: Amelia, welcome to Drink in the Style. Thank you so much.
3: Very excited to be here. That's my fake uh, radio voice, but I'm practicing a it bit. went get really the hang of it. Yeah, how'd it sound? It really well. Yeah. yeah, nice. I'm going to try to go a I, I little bought deeper, alright, awesome.
1: Halfway between like NPR and some kind of 900 number. That is just perfect.
0: Yeah, I think I found my new calling. <laughs> alright. Yeah, you have many gifts, my friend. Many gifts. Why, thank you.
1: Our guest this evening is uh, Michelle Havens. Michelle is an expert in visual marketing. Uh, she has been a good friend of mine for several years, and has a unique perspective on cocktails, specifically. Michelle, you seek the perfect cocktail that smells like a little old lady's perfume.
0: It's elusive. It's elusive. It's hard to find, my friend.
1: It's the type of thing that is, is rarely requested, I would think, of bartenders.
0: It's not common. No, I've never had someone say, oh, yes, yes, let me get that. It's it's a tricky one.
1: Another one of those. Yeah. Another woman who wants an old lady smelling cocktail. Well, let
0: me just go get that. I have it right here. <laughs> pre- In fact, we batched this. It's amazing. <laughs>
1: it's completely premixed. Yeah. In segment two, we'll be going into the psychological issues that uh, Michelle has been wrestling with that have led her to seek old lady perfume cartoon uh, uh, cocktails.
0: It's going to be a long segment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. And it's it's going to be expensive. Uh, Jordan, however, you have been thinking about this for a period of time. So why don't you get a start? by telling us what you're going to be making for Michelle.
2: Sure, sure. Well, I've never had the request of make me a drink that smells or tastes like old lady perfume. Um, perplexed right away when you mentioned that uh, was one of the things that she would request. But r- right after that, uh, I began to realize there's so many great ingredients that are botanical and floral and have these really great um, smells and flavor profiles. So initially, I went straight to um, gin and tonic and to twist that and make that really um, intense on the floral notes there. Um, But instead of gin, we're going to use um, Tattersall Aquavit, which is like Scandinavian's uh, gin. Um, It starts with a neutral spirit, and then they make it their own. So gin is going to be juniper-forward, whereas the Aquavit is going to be caraway and often fennel and dill and maybe orange.
1: Is it still great? Is it grain based? Do you know or
2: uh, corn?
1: It's corn based. I think
2: it can be. It can vary. To be honest, I think the general rule is it has to be a, a neutral spirit. You know, just like a vodka would be. I've heard of different, uh, several different different versions of you know distilling vodka, but um, yeah, for aquavit or a gin, it's all about the botanicals.
1: That's so, fantastic. So it gets I mean, us
2: off on the right start for making a, a perfumey drink,
1: which is ideal. And so bottom line is, if you are short of cologne or perfume keep a bottle of Aquavit handy.
2: Right. And um, just be careful on the drive home. <laughs> so they'll, they'll bust you. But uh, I'll back up quick and say, so this is a, a twist on just on gin and tonic, but we're calling it the sachet. So a sachet, in my my mind, it has a couple different versions, but it has a lot to do with, say, like a sachet or a mesh bag of potpourri or our herbs that I'm going to be throwing into stock um, or mulling spices to make mulled wine in the holiday season. Um, so that's what this drink is gonna be inspired by, and also it's gonna look a little bit like it. I've got a fun wine glass mm-hmm. we're gonna be using, and we don't need many tools for this drink, and we're not gonna be shaking it. So it's all be made in the glass. Um, but yeah, what you'll need is aquavit or gin, a great tonic. You know, tonic. I think one of the sayings by Fever Tree, which is the tonic I'm using today, is if your gin and tonic is three quarters uh, tonic. Use the right stuff. Use the good stuff. So this is some really good stuff. And I'm using specifically the Fever Tree Mediterranean tonic water, which is uh, made with floral botanicals. And I have not actually used this specific tonic before. So I've made this drink, but not with this exact tonic. So I'm excited to see what this tonic actually does. Um,
1: And it's so as a tonic, it's so quinine is the basis mm -hmm. of a a tonic, which is basically carbonated water with, with quinine and sugar, correct?
2: Yep. And then yeah, and then this one specifically is going to have some more floral notes added to it, which I'm like, like I said, I'm excited to see what happens there.
1: And does anyone actually know what quinine is? Don't. No. Sounds
0: like an 80s rock band.
1: Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. That is a really, maybe a punk band even. That's actually an outstanding idea. because I, I don't
2: I don't know, but I can i um, pretty speak pretty confidently that I'm pretty sure it was uh, medicinal in its intended use, as most spirits were, especially tonic um, was meant to cure you of something that ails you being a tonic exactly
1: excellent all right so we have a mystery tonic quinine based yep. with floral overtones and that is going to be the basis of the cocktail together with
2: with the, the Aqu- aquavit exactly and then we're going to exaggerate those floral notes with a little bit of strawberry shrub and a shrub is a vinegar based um, cocktail syrup or uh, simple or fruit syrup. And it's really cool. You can use it as a marinade, mix it into your cocktail, make flavored water, or make your own kind of really crisp soda. Uh, for this cocktail, we're going to use a half ounce of that just to give it a little bit of floral backbone and fruitiness to it, as well as give it a little bit of acidity. Because when my genotonics, I usually squeeze a little lime in mine. So this will substitute that. Mm. And also, we're going to use uh, Bitter Cube Bolivar Bitters, if I said that right. And this one's got chamomile and dried fruits. So again, kind of adding to that kind of potpourri, a sachet of of uh, mulling spices, if you will. You're kind of playing on, on a few different notes there.
1: And a chamomile. Again, perfect for Little Old Lady Perfume. How many times has chamomile come up, usually with some kind of doily uh, right. uh, associated with it? You could have called this the doily.
2: Yeah, I could have. All
1: right, if Michelle doesn't love this cocktail, AKA we're going to try it again and we're going to call it a doily.
0: I'm going to be critical.
2: I hope I'll so. Be Please do. I'm yeah, be I'm, I'm really happy with this cocktail and I think it, it's, it's very delicious. We'll see if it really hits that that ultimate old lady uh, perfume cocktail that you're oh, looking for. I'm so excited. But either way, I think we're all going to enjoy it. So, yeah. I'll I'll start mixing it up. So, we're going to add ice to our
1: Old lady perfume. Our, our we should also glass. throw in, by the way, a quick disclaimer. We love old ladies. They're outstanding. They're really national treasure. Uh, and uh, this and they is, smell very good. And they smell wonderful most of the time. Most of them.
2: Yeah, okay. And, and for glassware, I'm using a wine glass because it just feels a little fancier and kind of old lady fancy. Or, but also wine glasses are designed in the shape of them. For how they hit your palate and how the, the aromatics work as they're coming out. So it forces you to put your nose into the drink when you're drinking it. So we're gonna force you to smell the perfume today. Oh, nice.
0: That's why I wear so much as well. So when I'm near people, I'm, they're forced to smell it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's, it's a strategy. It's
1: yeah, a solid it is, strategy. Yeah,
2: I feel validated.
1: <laughs> so you're pouring it looks like you've got a jigger there. That's a one and a half ounce jigger. So you're it's actually up
2: to two ounces there.
1: Two ounce, Two ounces of aquavate.
2: Yes, thank you. And we'll do two dashes of the Bolivar bitters.
1: He said two, but he actually added three. <laughs>
2: that's, the, that's the secret ingredient. I'll tell you how to make it, but somehow they always make it better at the restaurant. <laughs> Setting people up for failure. Yep. Yeah, a half ounce of the strawberry shrub.
1: And is this shrub, S-H-R-U-B?
2: Yes, it is, like the like the plants or the bush. A shrubbery. It's Monty Python time. At this point, I'm going to give the cocktail a mix, The bar spoon. I'm going to add some really fun garnishes. So I took a channel zester to an orange. I've got a really long uh, ribbon or almost noodle of orange zest going in the glass. I'm going to throw in a couple star anise. I kind of want it to look like a, a bag of potpourri almost, too, in there. And I've got some dried fruit, craisins, and a little ginger, mm. candy piece of ginger I'm going to throw in there. And why not a couple whole juniper berries as well. Um, but use whole spices if you're going to go this route because you don't want to eating the spices. This is mostly for getting a little bit more of that extra floral note, but also want it to look really cool. And then we're going to top the glass with about three to four ounces of the Fever Tree Mediterranean Floral Tonic.
1: Adding that last, mm. so the the alcohol and the flavoring all blends together, starts to cook in the ice, and then you kick in the, uh, the tonic, which, of course, would also then reduce the amount of carbonation that you lose by adding it last, correct?
2: Exactly, and when we add it in there, we're going to release a lot of those uh, botanicals and those floral notes with the carbonation that we add to it. So,
1: Do you always add tonic or soda last when sure. you're putting a drink, just as a standard rule? Yep. Well, that's good to know. See, look at that. We've We've only been on the air for ten minutes so far, and already we have an ironclad law of cocktail mixology.
2: We're learning. we it's you know uh, if you have great product to work with, it's all about just using some good technique.
1: I, absolutely. And by the way, I'm like kind of obsessed with this Cherub shrub bottle because the uh, on the label is it looks like a pair of, of yoga pants, yeah. some kind of psychedelic yoga yoga pants.
2: Yeah. So uh, started by a local guy in Minneapolis uh, about two years ago in his apartment. Uh, I believe his name is Alex. Yeah. It's Shirab Shrubs, and you can make shrubs pretty easily at home by letting fruit or whatever kind of macerate in your vinegars and adding some sugar, but I'll tell you, it's not going to be as good as his. He does a really great job.
1: And there's expertise all throughout the world. Now, Amelia, have you tried this cocktail before?
3: Yes, I love it. Um, I think it's exactly what you're looking for. I do feel like I'm I don't know, a little over eighty at a at a bridge game with all of my best girlfriends. <laughs> Got our walkers nearby and nice. you know, which, celebrating with some cacti,
1: which nice. I love. When I was a kid, my grandmother lived with us, and it was absolutely fantastic. She used to uh, uh, take us to the uh, uh, take me to the old old person's home where all of her friends were to play cards, and you know, all of them one by one would sneak away uh, and take me back to their room and open the drawer and give me some nickels or some quarters or something like that, but. Almost all of them, I swear to God, had cocktails in their room. I distinctly, I didn't know it at the time, but I remember seeing the gin bottles lined up against the window. And it was probably the root of, this is going to be a very yeah. deep psychological <laughs> unveiling <laughs> subject. It must have been the Aquavit that we had before the show started.
2: Yes, it always helps to get the conversation rolling. It really does. Well, the cocktail's I'll, beautiful. It
1: this is absolutely gorgeous we will be putting a picture of this up on the site we'll be talking a little bit more about the site uh, in a few minutes Jordan is showing the uh, the cocktail to the Facebook live stream audience you'll be able to see it at drinkinthestyle.com we're going to take a break when we come back we're going to try the sachet thanks for listening as my eyes Tom Hartman here for All Energy Solar. One of the myths about solar is that you save more if you wait. But waiting to switch can actually cost you more. While tax rebates make solar affordable, those rebates are often limited and decrease over time. So when you wait, you risk losing some of the incentives that make solar so easy to afford today. And besides, the sooner you get your All Energy Solar system, the sooner you reduce or even eliminate that high electricity bill. Make the switch today at allenergysolar.com.
3: OP.
2: Being a dog is awesome, except when you really got to go, but you're stuck inside. That's why I had my human call the Urban Dog. Daily walks, field trips, play groups, one-on-one time, safe off-leash play, and pet sitting. I love being an Urban Dog. The Urban Dog works with your
4: schedule and can create a plan that fits your needs. The Urban Dog. Exercise, explore, socialize. Let the journey begin. Call 651-231-6333. That's
5: 651-231-6333. Woof, woof, woof.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shamblott from Shamblott Family Dentistry, where the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office.
5: And I'm Rachel Shamblott. Did you know a lot of people are afraid of the dentist? You don't need to be afraid of my dad. He makes going to the dentist comfortable and even fun.
1: We don't care if you're a dental regular or haven't seen a dentist in years. We just want to make you comfortable and get you out of pain.
5: If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us crooners
4: lounge and supper club is delighted to offer its spacious facilities for your private function from weddings retirement parties business dinners or any special occasion crooners combines a dedicated full-service special events team an award-winning chef and a beautiful lakeside ambiance to make your event a resounding success visit croonersloungemn.com to learn more about their private dining options or call 763-571-9020 to get a quote for your next event today
2: With spring, it's car wash season. Thank goodness for the Luther Advantage program from Rudy Luther Toyota. Not only do I save 10 cents off per gallon of gas at holiday station stores, but I also get big discounts on car washes. And with free two years of maintenance with every new Toyota purchased, I can get my oil change and spring service done with the best service and maintenance department at Rudy Luther Toyota. Clear your spring checklist with great service from Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169.
1: back to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Minneapolis's coolest interior design studio, Habitation Furnishing and Design on Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and I'm wishing you a pleasant Sunday evening. I'd like to uh, introduce you once again to the uh, full studio of guests that we have, Jordan and Amelia from Mill Valley Kitchen. Jordan, Amelia, welcome. Thank you, thank you.
3: Thank you so much.
1: And Michelle Havens is uh, joining us today. Michelle is an expert in visual merchandising and uh, specializing in the home furnishings industry, Michelle, welcome again.
0: Hi, glad to be here.
1: This is uh, uh, an exciting evening. We are drinking a new cocktail created by Jordan and Company called the Sachet. Now, the Sachet is uh, an aquavit-based cocktail that is designed to mimic the aroma of a little old lady's perfume. Hopefully not the flavor of a little old lady's perfume, not that I've ever drunk it, let alone particularly um, licked little old ladies uh, and their perfume, uh, uh, what have you. But uh, that said, that went really badly. Oh, no. Um... (laughs) let's go straight to the cocktails because we're really going to need it now Um, first we're going to uh, start with Michelle Michelle you've set the standard on this you have gone up to different bartenders from time to time and given them the direction of please make me a cocktail that is reminiscent of Little Old Lady perfume
0: let's be clear it's probably 95% of the time
1: All right. there it is this
0: has been a search for many many years and just It's a complicated request, and some people, they're not interested. They don't have the give it the time of day. Other people rise to the challenge, and they do their best.
1: All right. So let's see how Jordan has done. Michelle is grabbing the cocktail. She's yeah. raising it to, to her Jordan. lips.
0: Cheers. To Jordan. Cheers. And All little right. old ladies who smell good everywhere.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And Brett, of course, is enjoying the cocktail in the sound booth. We're going to let the guests give it a quick try. Michelle, oh, she looks mm-hmm. positive.
0: That's impressive.
2: No, be, be critical. It's no, okay. No, I'm
0: going to uh, start in high, bring it low. All, it's, <laughs> it's awesome. The flavor is intense. It's amazing. And yet it has subtle notes. I, it doesn't scream an old lady's perfume, mm-hmm. but it seems it feels very aromatic, and it tastes very aromatic, mm-hmm. and it's
2: lovely. Well, thank it's you very much. absolutely lovely, yeah.
0: and. You can't really taste the alcohol, so there you go. I mean, we get six of these, we're good to go.
2: Six? Yeah. Absolutely. At two ounces of pop, yeah, that'll get you.
0: Yeah, right? Wow. So, yeah.
1: If That's all right. So yeah. Michelle has set the bar on six cocktails is what yeah. she's looking for. Amelia, Jordan, why don't you guys uh, hit us next and tell us what you think. Now, I know you probably sampled a little bit beforehand, uh, but now is the moment of truth. I'm going back in for round two here.
0: It smells amazing, too, when you lift up to the glass.
3: Yeah, this is great. This is a great summertime drink, sitting yeah. by the pool, by the lake, on the boat. Um, it's just so crisp and fresh, and it's
2: yeah, really def- wonderful. Definitely a refreshing cocktail, but some of those um, mulling spices that are in there, like the star anise, and I even threw a couple pods of uh, cardamom, and then the really cool dried fruit um, aromas coming from that. Uh, those bitters. Give it a little bit of a, a wintry twist though too, even yeah, it though it's definitely a refreshing cocktail.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say that it's like a little Spritey drink. It's got some weight and heartiness to it. Mm-hmm. Which I like. I like that in a cocktail.
2: All
1: right. Brett in the sound booth now is going to uh All is right. going to try it. He looks enthusiastic, he looks excited. And uh he's nodding, yes. What are your thoughts, Brett?
2: I like that too. I kinda like the spices I can taste in there as well and yeah, this would be a great summer time drink. All right, I'm,
1: ha- I'm I'm savoring the aroma. It's absolutely delicious. I can smell the cardamom. Has anybody ever tried the cardamom bread that uh, they have seasonally at I believe Great Harvest Bread Company? Uh-uh. I oh love my god, cardamom bread! Cardamom bread not- is mm. so good. What I generally do is you get a loaf, do a mm-hmm. thick slice mm-hmm. slab, cook it. British style in a frying pan, so you just cook the toast on one side, throw an egg on top and Ooh. it's like this amazing breakfast heaven so let's see how the cocktail goes. We should point out that I mean it smells both citrusy and wintry yeah at the same time
0: It's a nice dichotomy
1: Oh my God, that is absolutely yeah that's really really good. You're right, oh my God yeah you could drink this endlessly.
0: Absolutely, it's so, it's heaven. It's really heaven.
1: You know, an interesting, an interesting, another aspect that we were talking about during the break, as we were stirring these up, craisins are a part of the recipe, and I don't know if it's the sugar in the craisin or something, uh, but they are literally the craisins sink to the bottom, and then they keep kind of moving up to the top. They're they're dancing in the glass. It's like a like a lava lamp. It's like yeah, yeah. a lava lamp.
2: Yeah, yeah the, the effervescence in the bubbles catch it, they lift it up, and then something happens, they fall back down again.
1: Wow, that's really cool. So it's it's entertainment in a glass. Yeah. By the sixth one of these, yeah, you're probably going to be cheering for the uh, for the craisins. <laughs> so, Michelle, most people don't think to ask for cocktails that smell like little old lady perfume. What is the story behind that?
0: Well, it's not as deep as you think. <laughs> I'll just be honest, but I have to tell you, I have an obsession with this vintage candy from c howards and it's violet flavored and it's a hard candy and it's a an old candy company from the 1930s out of new york and you just you have the package and you put it up to your nose and even before it's opened you just smell Mm -hmm. this intense violet flavor it's overwhelming and exciting and awesome Mm -hmm. and then you open the package and you're just like "Ah, this is so amazing but you have to like violet So it just, I thought, God, if I could ever have, this is like an old lady candy. This is how old ladies smell. And then that's how their talc smells. That's, you know, it's this whole experience. And I thought, I love this candy so much. I'd love to have an aromatic cocktail. And it's so hard to find something that is such a unique thing. It's everybody's easy, standard go-to. I mean, the combination that you have here is so intense because there's so many different things that have other little subtle nuances that bring to the surface. So it's the aroma that just really kills this drink and, like, kills it, like, in a good way.
1: That actually was a a great reason for for liking that. What you're talking about is, you know, is childhood memories associated with candies that were brought to you by... And, and and you didn't go for a quick and easy solution no. by like dropping a Werther's Original <laughs> right. in, into... Because
0: that's a go-to go for, for some, some people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm going to guess you had a couple misfires on making this, though. Did you start out immediately with the Aquavit, or did you did you try you know, some St. Germain, which...
2: You know, to be honest, some of the first um, direction I was going to go would be co- sort of like that, that creme de violette, and kind of go really yeah. towards those perfumy... Uh, uh, mixers that are already there. Yeah. But then I just kind of rolled with it, so it's not, maybe it doesn't smell like old lady perfume, um, like you would have remembered it. Yeah. But that's definitely where the inspiration came from, and just trying to think as much just natural perfume or botanical things yeah. that I can possibly get into this glass as possible, and so that's kind of where this drink morphed into, and it kind of it pulled from mulling, mulled spirits, from potpourri, um, to herb sachets, just kind of a little bit of everything.
0: I love that you didn't take the easy way. You know, I mean, you could have, and it would have been great and neat, but honestly, you know, 50% of people take the easy way, and you're like, yeah, thanks. No, like, do you like it? i like, hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and well, if Michelle doesn't like it, she'll tell you. Yeah. Well, it is like a potpourri in a glass uh, with alcohol, and really, you can't ask for more out of life than that.
0: No, you can't. Life's a potpourri.
1: Life is a potpourri. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're listening to Drink in the Style. We're going to uh, take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about visual merchandising with Michelle Havens and enjoying the sachet, courtesy of Jordan and Amelia. We'll be back after these messages. <laughs> To you, darling, just to me
5: imagination at Stages Theatre Company with the steampunk, dance-inspired musical, The Nightingale. You'll be charmed by the reimagining of Hans Christian Andersen's classic fairy tale as a whirlwind of mayhem when a watchmaker's mechanical bird creates a frenzy in the mayor's festival of progress. A delightfully contagious tune turns into a comical clatter as they yearn for the original Nightingale's songs of natural beauty. Enjoy the journey as the town learns to find balance between technological progress and the healing music of the real Nightingale. This world premiere musical is told through original music and is the sixth collaboration with Escalate Dance. It features ballet, tap, jazz, contemporary, and folk-centric dancing and choreography. The Nightingale runs March 9th to the 25th and will be loved by all ages. For ticket information, visit stagestheater.org.
1: Hello, this is Ellen Krug with Hibnich's Radio on Sundays from 1 to 2 p.m. My show touches people's hearts. I hear from Twin Cities listeners and thanks to podcasts from listeners across the country that the subjects I tackle, like our commonalities and our collective struggle to survive the human condition, really resonate. Join me this Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. on AM 950. Maybe, just maybe, I'll touch your heart too. At Progressive, we think your handbag business with the reversible top-notch is top-notch. In fact, there's no other notch at the tippity-top your top-notch doesn't top. But even at the top, you didn't stop. You copped Progressive Business Insurance with over 40 years of expertise helping non-stop in top-notchers notch spots at the top. Now, break out your stopwatch and hopscotch to progressivecommercial.com because this is one opportunity you don't want to botch. Progressive Casualty Insurance and Affiliates. With your AM950 weather, I'm Hunter Haas. Tonight, mostly cloudy with a low around 29. Monday, mostly cloudy with a high near 41. And Tuesday, chances of snow, cloudy with a high near 36. Check out the brand new store called Ambibulous. Ambibulous means one who enjoys alcoholic beverages of all sorts. Located at 949 Hennepin Avenue East in Northeast Minneapolis. Ambibulous, selling only craft beer, wine, and spirits made in Minnesota. Drink in the style right here on AM 950. We're talking with visual merchandising guru, Michelle Havens. We are drinking a cocktail called the sachet, which was created to replicate the aroma of a little old lady's perfume, and I would like to take this opportunity to point out that no little old ladies were hurt in the creation of this cocktail or the broadcast of this program. Any uh, semblance to any little old ladies living or dead is purely coincidental, and we're going to leave it there. Michelle.
0: Hi. (laughs) It's
1: been an interesting show.
0: Nice to see you, buddy. You as well.
1: (laughs) So let's begin by starting uh, to define some terms. Great. What is the difference between visuals and design from a sense uh, of the the furniture industry? What are the key skills that are needed for each?
0: That's an awesome question. And it's super confusing to a lot of people. So I'm glad Mm you asked that. Uh, design, interior designers, they really focus on a residential home and they really get into how a family lives, how the person lives there, what their lifestyle is, how they're going to use the home, their style, and then how they're going to traffic in the house as well. So really, an interior designer is really getting to know you individually and how they're going to make the home perfect for you. Visual merchandising, it's, to me, it's heaven because it's so different than going into someone's home. You're walking into a store, and you're like, how do we make this? There's two things that happen. How do we make this a wow? So someone walks in, and they literally stop two feet in the door, and they're like, wow, this. I could live here. This is me. This represents me. This feels good to me. This resonates to me. That's visual merchandising. you got to get the wow. And then it's also the function to, okay, so getting to know the store. So when I walk into a store, I meet with my client, and I'm like, who are you, what are you, and you can see it right away in the product that they carry, and then just doing a little research beforehand, but really understanding their look, their identity, their brand, and representing it in the store that just makes it functional and helps you sell product as well as maybe move product that just needs some new life.
1: So it's- when you're coming into a store and you're taking a look at, you know, a, a potentially blank canvas, yeah, you're starting, of course, with the merchandise that is available within that space. Yeah. And then you're also taking a look at who the, the client uh, uh, targets are.
0: Yeah, who their market is. And, you know, and it's for me, it's so rare that you're starting fresh with somebody that doesn't exist. So you're walking into a situation that already exists and for the most part, a lot of stores, especially small businesses, because they wear so many hats, they can't do every single thing well. And so that's where I love to shine with small businesses and help them really just grow their brand. And so for me, I love to walk in. I see, And I can see it. I've been doing it a long time now. You know, back in the day, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. But now I, I walk in, I see it, and I can do it quickly. So it's talking with The owner, you can see their product, so you know the brand. Mm -hmm. It's easy to just really like make it shine. Really make it shine, and and whether it's and it doesn't always reflect my style, Mm -hmm. but it's not about me. Mm -hmm. It's about the client and what reflects their their brand and their customer and their consumer.
1: Which makes sense. So when you approach it, do you generally take it from kind of a top level perspective or do you key in on a couple of key products and then build around that?
0: It depends on what we're doing. So for home furnishings, we really, there's a couple different viewpoints you can create. So I love lifestyling showrooms. So it's basically creating a, a place in the store that looks like it could be in your home. So it's, you walk in and you say, a customer says, I could live here. Mm-hmm. this this hits me. I want this whole scenario here. Mm-hmm. Another really great way of merchandising is mass merchandising where you take a lot of product, you put it you just make it look really like, what is going on here? This is amazing. just really dynamic and eye-catching, and you're just selling through product that's just incredible.
1: Just a barrage of sensory, yeah,
0: overload and wow and then you know curated looks too really clean simple like you're going to a museum there's specialty pieces it's not about as much product as you can get out it's about i sell one then maybe i pull one from the back room and replace that one it's not about having 80 things out at one time so it's a delicate balance and the weight and the scale of the showroom determines what is going to happen
1: that makes that makes sense, Jordan. When you are are going into the restaurant business and taking a look at that type of an environment, what are the key factors that you're necessarily thinking about?
2: Well, I guess I'd like to reference it when it has to do with um, mixing the creative with the function uh, when it comes to product. So when I'm trying to sell, say, a cocktail or the um, or the or food, you know, I'm trying to be creative and artistic and everything, but at the same time. I am the general manager, and it needs to sell, and it needs ah. to move. So it has to be there has to be some hook words, you know, um, on my menu, um, maybe some, some things that are unfamiliar, but, and maybe some things that are very familiar so people can really grab a hold of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, a, it's that balance of kind of showcasing the art, but in a way that the consumers are really going to want to buy it. Makes sense.
0: That's exactly it. Because the thing is, you, making something pretty, it doesn't do anything if it's not selling the product. Mm-hmm. And so, and, you know, we're not trying to do any tricks or anything wild or crazy to sell product, but we're in a business and we want to make the product look its best.
1: Okay, without mentioning any names of any kind. Yeah, oh this is so exciting. Yeah, as, as soon as you start with that type <laughs> of a disclaimer, you know you're in trouble. Tell us about maybe the most difficult project you necessarily had to face. What was the biggest challenge? How, how did you manage something like that?
0: Honestly, the very first time I ever had a merchandise, a showroom, it was a 5,000-square-foot showroom. It was in one of the coolest, coolest stores in Uptown, and I just had no idea what I was doing. I always had merchandise, smaller stores, jewelry stores, card and gift stores. Really, I've never had worked in furniture and all of a sudden, I was so ex- I loved the store, and I was so excited to be a part of it. And then I walked in, and I was like, I'm going to do merchandising. This is great. I didn't know what I was doing. And I knew it looked really bad. So I spent you know, an 18-hour day one day, slept three hours, went back, worked another 12 hours. I mean, everybody thinks merchandising is super fun and neat, but it is hard work. Same for interior designers. You're schlepping product. <laughs> and it looked bad. And I knew it looked really bad. And I was like... I have to show this and it's embarrassing and I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to do this yet.
1: So phase one is grab gasoline.
0: Yeah. Well, it was some like, here it is awkward. And then there was three owners and I toured him through the store and I was just like, God shameful. Like it, it was a really uncomfortable experience. And I was like, how do I get better? And mm-hmm. honestly, I could have just quit at that point and been like, I'm not good at this. But then I was like, I'm just gonna get good at it i'm gonna i looked through every magazine that was back before the world wide web and so i
1: <laughs> the intertubes
0: the intertubes that yes. it's still i think it's a passing fancy but you <laughs> well, know I, technology
1: I, is I, cyclical I, we'll all be using pagers again in no i time. can't wait
0: yeah an abacus <laughs> i've got mine ready but yeah it i thought you know what i'm just gonna learn i'm gonna look through magazines mm-hmm. and look at every single thing and what they do differently and then also not overwork mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. so a lot of times you go going to show I and mean, you spend Like now I see it, but back then, you know, if you're spending an hour in an area, you've overworked it, just move on. Mm -hmm. Go to something else and let it go and then go back.
1: It's good advice for almost anything in life. I mean, if you spend too much time focusing on it, if you obsess over it, it's going to be a catastrophe.
0: It's going to be stressful. If you're an
1: impasse. We had had artist uh, Drew Beeson on the show last week and he was talking about his genius and genius being not his own brilliance, but, you know, this otherworldly being that gives him inspiration. and and visits creation upon him. It was was a great program. It can be uh, listened to, by the way, if you'd like to go to drinkinthestyle.com or uh, am950.com for previous shows. Nice. Um, But he was basically saying that um, Gwyn is the name of his genius. Okay. And if his genius is in the room, if he's in the studio, he creates. Okay. If his genius is not there, if he's doing God knows what else, yeah. um, you just do something else. You just find some other way to use your time productively. And that makes all the sense in the world. If you are in the right industry, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah it'll work when you're trying to make it work.
0: That makes perfect sense.
1: Doesn't it, though? Yeah,
0: that's thank brilliant.
1: You. It wasn't just the sachet talking. No, no. Although, frankly, it, it is was starting to settle <laughs> in.
0: Yeah, it's feeling really good in my belly. I know, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> we really have some
1: amazing cocktails
2: that you've created, Jordan. Yeah, thank you, thank Jordan. You. Full, full disclosure, I made myself a second one when you guys weren't looking. Well, uh,
1: I was looking, and I'm resentful. <laughs> <laughs> and, Brett, are you enjoying yours in there? Definitely. I was going to say, that I wasn't sure about this one, to be honest, but
2: this is much better than I thought it would be. This is excellent.
0: Well, the descriptor is a little tricky. Let's get real. It probably doesn't appeal to many men.
2: No, but I, I tell you, there's 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 something for everybody. And what it's kind of cool, it's almost like when I'm drinking a, a glass of wine or doing a little wine tasting. Um, the wines that I love the most are ones that are kind of complex, and they take me for a ride. There's like a beginning, a middle, yeah. and a finish. And that's one of the beautiful parts of like a tonic. You can have a little bit of sweetness in your cocktail, but that tonic's got a little bit of that bitter and that kind of drying um, sensation that happens. So at the end, it's really refreshing, uh, but then it just sort of dries out and all of a sudden you're thirsty again. Yeah. So it makes, it's refreshing. It feels like you're going to be quenching your thirst, but then all of a sudden you're thirsty again and you just keep drinking. And It's the, the perfect ends. bartender's cocktail. I
0: was it? just going to say yes. It. Yes. Yeah.
2: It's like, it's better than putting out salty yeah, peanuts. Yeah. You don't even need spicy nuts. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I was saying that's like the quote unquote air quotes, visual merchandising of bartending. You're right. making people want more.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. beautifully brought together. Well done, everyone. Really. Yeah. God, I wish we were ready to go to commercial because that was a perfect segment. I'll,
0: I'll hold it back again.
1: All right. We'll yeah. do it next time. Yeah. So, all right. So, I do have a question, though. And as, okay. a, as a store owner yep. and uh, having seen, you know, so many customers come through and, and what have you, there is the pitfall of you know, a customer comes into a given store, falls in love with look and feel of the store, but mm. it's going to be different from their residence. I yeah. mean, you have different you have a completely different environment, yeah, so how do how do people, in your opinion kind of avoid falling into the the pitfall of I sense that this was, you know, perfect for me, but quite honestly, it's just not translating into the residence. Do you have any advice?
0: Yeah, get an interior designer. I uh-huh. mean, honestly, it, whether the store provides it or you have one, just partner with one because they see things that you don't see. I mean, we all have different gifts. You bring on an interior designer because they see what you don't see. And they know the scale. So you could walk into a huge big box store and you're like, this is amazing, it's going to be phenomenal, I love it in my house. You could look into a small boutique with high ceilings and it's way too big. The scale doesn't look right. You have tiny chairs, you have, you have so many things going on in your home. Someone can come out and the, the beauty of it is they see the end result Which you don't see, and that's okay. Expertise
1: applied. Yeah,
0: just allow someone to complete the picture for you, even if it's a step-by-step process.
1: Wow, that's uh, that's absolutely that's great, and it's also a great plug. But um, so, so what you're basically saying is, from a visual merchandising perspective, you're an expert in that particular field. You understand how to work within those parameters. But if you're a customer, if you're if you're a, a, a an individual and a residential yeah. uh, a buyer you need to seek out expertise in that particular area yeah. based on on perhaps the visual merchandise that has been presented to you
0: and, and you know it back in the 80s it was let's bring on an interior designer you know everybody felt like someone was trying to sell you like you're you know the the car salesman and let me sell you this let me sell you that but things have evolved at this point where you can work with an interior designer and they actually want to help you work within your budget and they want to help you have a happy home so let them let you have a happy home It's
1: that easy. Well said. Well said. Well, we're about to take another uh, quick break, um, and uh, I'd like to remind you that you're listening to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design. We'll be back in just a moment after these these messages, and we're going to be talking a little bit about small business, habitation, and the furnishings industry. Nice.
2: Both mother and daughter.
1: Hi,
0: friends. I've been talking to you about Minnesota's first green cemetery, Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens. It's an entirely new way of looking at our last earthly step. Burials are designed to have as little impact on the environment as possible. For many of us, a continuation of the commitment we made during our lifetimes. Let me suggest you go to the website, mngreengraves.com. Explore what it is. Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens. It's a lovely place, a peaceful place. Minnesota's first green cemetery.
5: Atheist's Talk is the radio show for free-thinking Minnesotans. Listen on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock. Every Sunday we bring you science, philosophy, politics, and plain old fun from an atheist point of view. Visit our website at minnesotaatheists.org for more details. Tune in to Atheist's Talk Radio Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's good radio without the good book.
2: This is Bill McClesley, owner of IP House in Minneapolis. Does the thought of upgrading the computers at your office keep you up at night? Change can be overwhelming, especially when it comes to technology. I started IP House with the mission of making technology simple. We provide tech support for businesses just like yours, managing the technical hurdles so you can sleep at night. If your technology has you worried, call us. IP House, 612-337-6337. 612-337-6337.
4: Finding the best foods the Twin Cities has to offer is easy with EatLocalMinnesota.com. Offering the top local and independently owned restaurants, EatLocalMinnesota.com has everything from burger joints to cocktails and fine dining. For over 76 years, Our Kitchen has been serving classic American breakfast and lunch dishes in a diner-style restaurant off 36th between Aldrich and Bryant. Favorites include their award-winning pancakes and hash browns, along with sandwiches and coffee. Our Kitchen is open weekdays 630 to 3, weekends 7 to 2. More at eatlocalminnesota.com. The Bad Waitress at 700 Central in Northeast Minneapolis is a bit more grown up than its sister on Nicolette. The Northeast location's finer diner vibe offers craft cocktails from a full bar and an innovative new dinner menu. Still committed to supporting local purveyors and serving organic whenever possible. See the Northeast menu at TheBadWaitress.com.
2: The local advertisers you hear on AM950 are the lifeblood of the station. If you find yourself regularly tuning in, or if you appreciate the diversity of content we deliver, please take the time to support our advertisers. Even if it's just to thank them for backing AM950, your voice and support can go a long way. Help keep the station going strong while investing in our local community. Find the complete list of on-air supporters by visiting the advertisers page at am950radio.com. That's am950radio.com.
1: To drink in the style, we've reached the final portion of our program, and we're going to talk a little bit about habitation furnishing and design, and we've got some really big news about the store that I'm excited to share with listeners. Specifically, this week saw the transformation of the store from its original iteration as a design studio and into a combination of a design studio, retail store, outlet, and consignment venue. We are talking with visual merchandising expert Michelle Havens, and I'd like to open the show up to Michelle to answer some questions about the store and the industry. Michelle, what would you like to discuss?
0: Well, my God, tell me about this exciting new adventure at Habitation.
1: I teed that up beautifully, didn't I?
0: Yeah, look at it, I responded well.
1: We did. Thank you mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. All right. So, as you know... One of the big questions in uh, interior design for, for people is, what do I do with the the, the furniture that I already have? Right. How do we simply transition from one look to another? And then what do I do with the rest of the stuff? Mm-hmm. And, you know, God forbid you put it on Craigslist and, and, you know, have to deal with strangers coming into your house. And then the guy who shows up and he wants to carry away your sofa and he wants you to help. And,
0: and pennies on the dollar.
1: And pennies on the dollar. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So... What we've done at Habitation is uh, basically created two stores in one, at least uh, while we're in the process of opening a new design location that we'll be talking about at further shows. It's exciting. It is. Yeah. So the back half of the store is uh, now dubbed Designer Rehab.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And uh, the concept there is to create uh, not just an outlet for merchandise that uh, that uh, is coming out of of habitation, but we're going to be able to give clients of habitation furnishing and design store credit for their current furniture so if you have a sofa if it's in saleable condition um, we can go in and say well we can give you a certain amount of money as credit we'll take this particular piece of furniture we'll send it over to designer rehab and we'll apply that credit to the new merchandise
0: that's incredible that's awesome
1: it's solving a problem. Yeah. Now, I mean, let's I mean, let's be honest. The furniture market, the second-hand furniture market, is not you know uh, uh, a place to make a huge amount of money. People are paying only a certain amount mm-hmm. for a used dining room table or something like that. Yeah. So you can't do uh, a huge credit. Um, generally speaking, uh, on the secondary market. Furniture sells for an estimated 20 to 30% of its original retail value if it's in good condition. That's if great. If you can sign it, you usually get half of that, okay. less fees and associations, so on and so forth. Okay. So we can't go in and say, you know, we're going to give you half of what you paid for something. We're really looking at 15 to 18% of your original purchase price.
0: Yeah, but then you don't have to deal with delivery, getting rid of it, selling it to somebody. You don't have to deal with all the hassle.
1: It's exactly right. It's what I call a mega solution. Mm. I have a friend who owns a uh, healthcare uh, or a a medical device, heavy medical device dispossession service. He goes to hospitals. He says, you know, what equipment do you have in the basement that you're no longer using? We'll come in. We'll buy it from you. We will ship it overseas or somewhere where they are in need of this equipment and you know, we'll give you at least something rather than nothing. And he calls it MIGA Solution. It's an acronym, M-I-G-A. Okay. It stands for Make It Go Away. Eh,
0: so smart. And honestly, in the furniture industry, you need a MIGA.
1: You need Amiga solution, no question about it. Yeah, you it. do. So we go in, we send a designer to your home. We can talk about what you want to achieve, what you want it to necessarily look like. That designer will take pictures of the furniture that you would like to get rid of. We'll come back. We will come up with a price that we think we can uh, sell it for, what your percentage would be. Then we give you that credit instantly. You get to hold on to the furniture while you're waiting for your new furniture. Mm. And when the delivery truck comes, all your new stuff is brought in. All your old stuff is taken away. Nice. Problems are solved. Bing, bam, boom. Just that easy.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's so exciting.
1: So, uh, yeah, so we're really excited. And then, so the the client of Habitation gets a chance to upgrade their look and yeah. get a whole new sense. And then the merchandise that uh, that you no longer want comes over. It goes into designer rehab, uh, where we can sell the furniture at really great prices. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite honestly, if it's, if it's not absolutely perfect or if it's something that, that doesn't work, we can donate it to any one of the you know, really beneficial charities like Hope Chest, mm. uh, which is an organization I've done a lot of work with. That is, of course, breast cancer support mm-hmm. or bridging, uh, awesome. which is another organization. Yeah,
0: That's exciting. You have all sorts of different avenues that a lot of companies aren't thinking of.
1: Well, you know, I try to. I try to. So um, we'll see how it necessarily works. Eventually, uh, we're in the process of building out a new space that is going to be the Habitation Furnishing and Design Design Studio. It's about a mile from our current location Mm -hmm. on Excelsior Boulevard.
0: That's what I was wondering. So I was wondering, because the space on, on Excelsior right now... It's a great space. So did you plan on keeping it a dual function, or what's your next steps?
1: We're actually going to turn that into designer rehab completely. So right now it's about 7,500 square feet. Okay. It'll be split temporarily between habitation and designer rehab. Okay. When the new habitation opens, uh, hopefully in the end of May, depending on how the build-out goes, and anyone who's done work in uh, this industry right now is (laughs) feeling pity for me. August, <laughs> August of two thousand twenty-four. Summer opening. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> in Christmas holiday. <laughs> <laughs> sounds
1: sounds about right based yeah. on experience. any build-out. Yeah. Any build-out. Um, so uh, so once we move to that new location, the current location becomes all designer rehab, and again, it will be those that trade in merchandise. But then we're also going to uh, have consigned merchandise. So if okay. you have. Uh, 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 furnishings that, that you'd like to bring in on consignment. It'll be a great place for that. We'll continue doing buys, uh, buyouts of, of closeout merchandise from some of our suppliers. Um, so it's going to become a great value location, and then we'll still have the full-service uh, design studio.
0: That's what I was wondering. So the, the full-service studio, what are the expectations for that location, and how do you see that unfolding?
1: Well, you know, that's going to be a matter of a spot where folks can come in and get exactly what they want. Okay. Professional designers... Who are, are are well, you know, uh, tuned into you know what it is that you're looking for, will come in. We'll create the absolute perfect space you can envision. Yeah. We'll take the old stuff. We'll make it go away, and then we'll solve that problem. And then on the other side of the of the coin, you're going to have these great values. And then we can even talk about integration. So if you have a budget that you're working within, mm. and you fall in love with a particular sofa, but it's more than you had expected, well, you know what? We have full access to everything at Designer Rehab. Okay. So maybe we can save you a few dollars on the dining room table that so you had already planned.
0: To just clarify, the the rehab, designer rehab, that's mm-hmm. correct, right? It is. Okay. So design- I knew I'd
1: be in, in rehab sooner or later this <laughs> way.
0: You just got to create your own baby.
1: That's right. Yeah. Own it.
0: Yeah. Own it. own it. So designer rehab, it's not just consigned furniture, but it's also going to be from other vendors as well.
1: It is, it is. So we're going to be taking merchandise from some of our current suppliers on closeout. We're also going to be working with or are working with a number of different design studios at IMS and International Market Square. Okay. Uh, So we'll be taking some of their samples.
0: That's exciting. So new pieces as well. Absolutely. That's exciting. Wow. That That,
1: that was a great discussion. That's impeccable. You have been listening to Drink in the Style right here on AM 950. We appreciate the hour. We hope you've enjoyed it. Jordan, Amelia, thank you both. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. And and we will uh, be speaking with you next week, Sundays at 5 p.m. This is Gregory Rich, and you've been listening to Drink in the Style on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.